Hi guys, it is happy being well. I am your host, Rita. I have, I always have an exciting guest. Always, always. We've got Liz Hoxing with us today and we're gonna be talking all things fitness, but most importantly, fitness as it relates to women. And Liz has been a fitness coach and a fitness trainer for 15 years, guys. So I think she has a little something, something to share with us. So before we dive deep, this podcast is sponsored by happybeingwell.com, your place for not only highly fashionable and highly comfortable yoga leggings, but also unique yoga leggings that you will stand out from the crowd as the most stylish, along with other self-care products such as natural soaps, candles, crystals, sage, organic facial masks, and much more. Okay, Liz, I'm super excited that you're here with us today. So Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked for today. I, I love fitness. I always, always can't get enough of inspiration to stay on track with my fitness goals and because it's so easy to kind of get so caught up in work mode. And I'm sure you know, you from your clients or even with new clients, oh, it's so difficult to have the time to fit it in my schedule or whatever challenges, um, you know, f- doing fitness on a regular basis. And, um, but I'm sure you, you can speak to all of this. Um, but, you know, what led you to become a fitness coach and a fitness trainer? Like, what was your journey and how did it benefit and transform your life? Yeah. So I started actually, I got kinesiology in college. So, um, honestly, I always laugh about this. I started college with a business major and I fell asleep in every class. It just was not my jam. And so then, um, someone was like, you're always in the gym. Like you're an athlete. You should look into this. And I started to look into the program and I was like, I felt like I connected with it. And so, I ended up going that route and, um, I started off my journey in corporate fitness because that's what my internship took me into and quickly found that really wasn't where my heart was. Um, and so I kind of jumped around. I went from, you know, corporate fitness, meaning that I went into corporations to like lead their wellness programs, um, to regular personal training at Bally total fitness back when Bally's was still around. And then that tells you that ages me a little bit. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> but, and then I've taught, I've taught swimming. I've done like um, group exercise classes with like older generation. And then I really found that what resonated with me was people who were like me. I liked helping women specifically. Um, this transformed after I became a mom, um, which would have been about 12 years ago. So three years into my career, I kind of found that. I gained 70 pounds and I had to learn how to, to lose it. And so I gained a lot with my first daughter and, um, it was a struggle. I thought, Oh, I know how to do this. It'll be easy. And I learned really quickly that hormones and all the different things that come along with pregnancy and, um, postpartum make it harder. And so I started to dive in and do a lot of research about why that was, um, what really made it different. Cause most of the studies that we learned in college were off of men. And so they didn't have a lot of studies relating to fitness on women. And so when I started diving deep, it became a passion of mine because I was so frustrated and I went to school for this topic. And I still felt frustrated as a woman 
trying to lose the weight. And so that became my big focus was really embracing and helping specifically moms, but women in general, because women's hormones, even if you're not a mom, your hormones go out of whack every single month and it can affect you. And so then for the last, oh, 10 years, that's really been my, my jam. And, um, yeah, that's, that's honestly my passion because I know the frustration. I now, I now have three children. So I've gone and lost the weight each time. And I'm actually on my postpartum journey personally now with my, my last one, she's one. And, um, I always like to share that because, um, throughout the journey, I also got sick with autoimmune. So then I focused on, oh my gosh, there's so much difference with this too. And then I learned that there's a high chance of women having different autoimmune and it affects their metabolism. It affects how you can work out. And I actually had to stop working out for two years because it was dangerous for me with the condition that I had. And then I had to learn how to re reincorporate that back into my own life. And, um, so that's my passion is helping women, um, lose weight, honestly, and, it, and it get fit in general. If you have autoimmune, I totally understand because now I understand autoimmune better and what it does to the body and how to work out with that. Because I kind of looked at the doctor when she said, you can't work out. And I said, okay, I'm going to work out. So why don't you tell me what I can do? Not what I can't do. Cause mm -hmm. I said, I can't not move. And so she gave me limitations and I followed them, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same for me. I, I, you know, the gym was my happy place. And so now it became a new struggle, which a lot of people go with, um, is learning. Well, okay. So it's not the same, but how can I still get the benefits? How can I incorporate this into my life? And, um, now I'm back to being able to work out like I used to I go as going through the journey, but it was, it was a very transformative time for me in, in involving my business and who I really wanted to like help because I mean the avatar, if they ask me like, who, who's your person? I'm like, it's me. It's the person that I struggled with. I, I went through the struggle and I want someone else to not have to struggle as long. Mm, I love that. And I love that when, yeah, in, in any business, whenever we're in business, we always have to know our customer avatars and you're saying it's me. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably the perfect avatar because you can relate most to someone that has the same struggles as you. You can speak their language. Mm -hmm. You can speak to their pain points. You understand what they need most importantly. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So how did you get, I mean, so I don't know, I don't even know what autoimmune is. What, what is oh. that? Is that like, so auto mm -hmm. yeah, autoimmune, sorry. <laughs> um, autoimmune means that your body's attacking itself. It could be a different organs in your body. It could be your whole body. So my particular one, it's my thyroid. So my thyroid is, um, my body's basically attacking my thyroid thinking is a foreign um, object in my body, trying to get rid of it. Um, but what it's doing while it's attacking is my, obviously my immune system is, um, fighting it off or, you know, trying to fight back. And, um, it makes my thyroid overproduce, which then in turn does a lot of things to my body. So for mine, it was increased my heart rate to a dangerous level. Um, it actually ate away. I, I use, use the word ate away. That's not technical just so you know, but it ate away my muscle mass that it actually helped like dissolved. And so, um, those were the two that really affected me besides like 
night sweats or overheating and, and some people with thyroid issues get, you know, bulging eyes and all this different stuff, but there's so many autoimmune out there and it, and it happens a lot after, um, a traumatic experience, which giving birth is a traumatic experience. And so that's our being pregnant is. And so a lot of women deal with it because they have these things more consistently in their lives. And obviously women who've never had babies and maybe never will can still develop an autoimmune and so can men, but it is more prevalent with women because of that reason. And so it just means that your body's attacking itself. Okay. Interesting. I, I, it was never, that was never, I, yeah, learns being new every day. So the probability of getting it amongst women is after giving birth, because it's a traumatic, more of a traumatic process for some women than others. Okay. And and it's traumatic, honestly, to the body, period. I mean, (laughs) and even just that, because there's a spike in hormones and there's a drop in hormones and there's all this happening. And so, um, that's, that's kind of where it comes from, but, um, yeah. Okay. So did, so did you have to, so you probably, you, it sounds like you slowly got your way back into fitness after that. Mm-hmm. And um, so now are you back to working with clients full time? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. And, you know, in your experience, you know, what has been your client's transformation in their fitness journey and what has led them to stay on track or what makes them fall off kilter with their fitness? That's a great question. A lot of times, um, I hate to say life, but I work with a lot of moms and it can be really hard. So navigating how to prioritize yourself and your time and your schedule. And so the one thing, the one thing I actually created was, I don't have it with me is a planner where you have to plan your workouts right away, your food right away into the week with all the appointments and you prioritize that hour or that half hour. And, and I, what I do is I work with them to say, how much time do you have now? How much comfortable time do you have? Cause when you're comfortable, you're more likely to do it. And then we slowly increase that. Cause when I have someone be uncomfortable and I'm like, I need you to have an hour, five times a week. I can guarantee if you go to a mom and say that they're going to say, okay, sure. You know? Um, and so at first then they'll find the time, but it has to be something where it becomes from them, not from you telling them. And so I try, what I try to do is pull out the motivation from the the person. We're all motivated by, I want to lose weight, but in the moment, finding the motivation is the hardest thing. And it takes 21 days. I always say this to get into a habit. So I work with them really closely for those first 21 days, check in. Um, I do virtual clients and then in-person clients. And so I really try to work with them for the first 21 to 30 days, usually really closely. And then I kind of let, let back and see, are they sticking to their plan? What questions are coming up? We, we do, you know, call, coaching calls um, and extra ones if they need. But I find in the first 30 days, I get more way more than I do later because they, they figured out their schedule. And then the summer months tend to get in the way of people because it's more fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's more fun to do, but the winter it's like, people are always ready to work out because there's not as much to do in the winter. Um, but I do think that finding, I always ask their why, and I dig down to find their real why, because everybody wants to look, look better. Right. But what is the real reason? Is it a self-confidence issue? Is it 
they once looked this way. They've never looked this way. They, their sister looks this way. They want, I mean, there's so many different reasons. If you dive down or if they want to be healthier for their kids, then you have to keep that pinpoint and remind them your goal is bigger than this moment. Their goal is bigger than this workout. Your goal is bigger than that cookie, that food. And, and I do live, I do believe in a fully sustainable diet and exercise program, something that you can stick with for life. Um, Cause I think that if you give someone an unattainable, either of those, they're never going to stick with it. I never did. I went, I trained for a fitness competition once and I'll never do it again. <laughs> and, just, and I'm being very honest. I didn't even get on stage. It wasn't my thing. I just wanted to know if I could train for it. I did buy the suit and everything and thought about getting on stage, but it just wasn't, that wasn't my sport, but I did it to see how I could do the 15 weeks. Cause it's a very grueling mindset process. And so mindset's another thing I work with is like, are people always ask me first thing, are you going to make me run? And I say, well, do you like to run? And if they say, well, yeah, okay, well, then you can run. Because they say, no, no, we'll find something else. I will. That's the thing is if, if you don't like to do something, you are not going to do it when the moments are hard. You're not. But if you semi like it or okay with it, then I might be able to get you. And if you love it, obviously you're more likely to do that. So I try to find those points where it's like, we'll find what you like because it'll keep your motivation higher. But if I'm telling you to do something you absolutely hate, like my coach for, for the fitness competition made me eat tuna and I hate tuna. I will never eat tuna again, because I had to on that program. So it's one of those things. You just kind of have to really personalize to the person and know that there's grace. If you eat a cookie, don't, don't ever beat yourself up. You know, like you can have cookies. And I do believe in sustainable where it's like, it's okay. Like just don't do it every day, you know? And if you miss a workout, that's okay. Just don't do it every day. You know, let's get back on. And, it, and it's not a Monday thing. It's a no tomorrow. Like we're going to, we're going to fix it right away. There's no, there's no guilt. There's no shame. Cause that's what usually gets people is that they get, they get frustrated. They fell off and they might as well just quit. And it, cause they get that you can't mess up. Well, you can mess up and everybody will mess up. I messed up. You know what I mean? Like everyone will. And so when you do that, they tend to stay more motivated and just know you give yourself grace. If you had a bad weekend, if you had a bad day and you had an extra glass of wine or whatever it is that wasn't on your program tomorrow is a new day not monday not the next monday because you will always put it off but if you start right fresh the next day and say nope today i'm gonna make good decisions and you start your day out with that mindset that they their motivation goes a lot further mm, absolutely true it's so true yeah the minute we like feel like we made a mistake all of a sudden we go into that default programming of negativity that most, I would say most people have, you know, very people are more, the most critical themselves. And mm -hmm. especially when they haven't honed in that habit of working out regularly yet. And, uh, or even people who have sometimes, you know, they'll, you know, get off kilter. And it's just a human, human thing, especially in today's society, when we have so many distractions going on, you know, with everything around us, um, you know, getting pulled to do this, getting pulled to do that. Um, maybe an event came up or what, what have you, especially being a mom. Yeah. You have children to raise and they, their lives are busy and requires your attention. So yeah, most of them, we need to like be realistic. Like, yeah, it's okay. You know, tomorrow's a new day and you can get back on the, on the, um, on the program. So I like yep. love that. So, and also to pulling out 
what's really motivating them. So like what, what being thinner, because I guess most women would be wanting, you know, coming, desiring a thinner body. Um, but what does that mean to them? Does that mean that they are going to feel more sexier around their husbands or if they're single, you know, dating, um, or if they want to fit into their old jeans or if they just want to feel healthier with more energy, you know, everyone really has a, a different, um, subconscious desire too. And then sometimes, um, some, some women will purposely stay overweight as a protection mechanism, right? And maybe consciously they, you know, feel like they want to be thinner, but then they have this unconscious uh, fear of being thinner because perhaps maybe they were assaulted or there was something in their past. They had something to trauma where, you know, it was related to, you know, maybe being attractive or desirable and therefore they tell themselves, I'm, I don't want to be attracted because that's danger. So there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of things happening in our mindset that we need to be aware of and pay attention to so we can like recorrect that. Yeah. I think mindset is huge because you just hit on something huge that most people don't talk about is that mindset, people think, oh, it's just to go big or go home, which is, that is not the case with me. Like I literally hate that saying because of what that can do to a woman's body. Um, and that's one thing that I'm really passionate about, but also the mindset of like knowing, is it a trauma response? Is it, um, a happy response? Did you, do you eat cookies because you think of your mom and she's gone? I mean, there's so many things to work through when it comes to fitness and nutrition and just health in general, that I think that's a really big pinpoint. And, and, the way that you talk to your body, your body listens. So if you're saying negative things, like I hate working out or I'm so fat, or I hate my arms instead say, I'm so happy. My arms are transforming. I am so happy that I have this opportunity that I can work out, that I'm allowed to work out that my body's allowing me to do so. Um, that I do have them saying those things in the morning, talk nice to yourself because your, your self listens mm-hmm. your body responds to, to positive reinforcements, even if it's from you. Absolutely. Yeah. Our conscious mind gives commands to our subconscious mind and the subconscious mind is like a little, you know, servant and they will do whatever it is that you, whatever command you give it to, they will find a way to manifest that, you know, like, oh, I'm so sick of doing this. Well, you may get yourself sick, right? The more and more you repeat certain mantras, you know, out of frustration, um, our words are powerful. We're communicating to our subconscious mind because the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a joke and, you know, when you're being serious. Uh, yep. The subconscious mind doesn't, even even with visualization, the subconscious mind doesn't even recognize that you're imagining that situation uh, instead of actually it happening in real life in this moment right now subconscious mind takes it as if it's really happening and that's why our body reacts to that visualization right if we're running in that visualization our heart rate will go up a little bit um you know for visualizing eating uh a lemon you know we'll start to like actually maybe taste that lemon you know so it's very but actually arnold schwarzenegger said that um when he was training 
he would, when he was in the gym, he would visualize his muscles getting bigger and bigger and bigger as he was working out. So that was one of his secrets um, when, when he was a bodybuilder. Yeah. So, um, you know, visualization is also extremely powerful with whatever we want to accomplish, you know? Yep. Um, I know for me, like if I want to increase, like if I feel like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to write this or, you know, even especially when I learned this skill when I was in university, um, you know, if I was like, oh, I don't want to write this essay. And then I would like literally visualize myself just writing the essay, you know, me on the laptop, you know, typing and just, you know, being in a focus mode and what that felt like. And then I would just do it. I would be propelled to actually do take the action. So, um, so, so it's just so powerful. So, you know, so for women out there who feels that like, oh, I, sh I know I have to work out because it's, it's going to give me more health benefits and I have, my doctor says I should be working out, right? Um, for whatever reasons, there's a myriad of reasons. Uh -huh. for whatever reason to hold story to themselves that working out is not fun or whatever um but if they actually just visualize themselves doing the activity and what that would feel like and also literally tapping into the feeling of like what that feels like after the workout because I know for me after I work out I feel like I'm just amazing. I'm strong and all powerful and I can take on the world and you ha you're happier and you have more energy. Um, tapping into that feeling prior, like if you're having a problem, like getting started, if you just like visualize and feel what that feels like, it kind of will propel you to want to work out as well. Yeah. I always the stuff so cheesy, but the movie Legally Blonde, she's like, exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins. Er, endorphin happy happy people just don't know their husband but it's true because exercise does give you all the endorphins that you need so if you're having a bad day you can work out and you can change your whole mood um but also you can visualize doing that and get up I mean I think I think you're right visualizing the happy moment at the end would motivate anyone's subconscious mind to get them up and say you know you're gonna go do this like we need this yeah and then also too like tapping into and visualizing um, and feeling, what are you gonna do with all the energy now? You have all this energy, like, what are you gonna do with it now? Like, are you gonna go and whatever, finish that project you've been working on, um, you know, go on a podcast, you know, and, and, and <laughs> be more amplified when you're speaking and be more happier, um, you know, or writing your journal or brainstorm some great new ideas for new projects and partnerships and collaborations, you know. It, the list is endless in terms of what you can do with all that great energy. Yeah. So, um, so for a woman who wants to, she's having problems really committing to a fitness program. What would you say to her? Or if she's like, also some women for whatever they, they like, they, yeah, I should, I probably should hire a trainer, but they don't. Like, what would you say to them? You know, I would say one, um, everybody needs a coach. If you're in business, you need a coach. If you're in life, you need a coach. If you're in fitness, you need a coach. Um, a lot of fitness trainers actually will, um, hire another person so that they don't make up their own workouts. I have done that. Like I said, I hired when I, when I was out of my realm, I hired 
someone. If I were to get back in the pool to swim, I used to swim, I would hire somebody to help me with that. Um, I think that there's just know that it's okay to need help. It's okay to need direction. Like you might not always need the direction, but definitely um, hire someone. I mean, takes the, 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 the moments off of you, you have a workout laid out for you. You know exactly what you're going to do. You know exactly how much time it should take. You can get in, get out. You don't have to sit there and think. Cause I think one of the frustrating things and why people don't start is they don't even know where to start. They don't know what to do. I mean, should I go one day a week? Should I go three days a week? Should I have to go six days a week? Should I be doing that? Am I going to harm myself? Do I know how to do this? Um, can someone show me how to do this workout? And I used to take women when I was in the gym over to the, the weightlifting section and I would make them work out over there. Not always, but I wanted them to get comfortable because they're like, the men are over here. There's no women over here. And it typically was like that, especially back when I started, you know, young out of college in Bally's, like it was a macho man's area. And I was like, no, come over here. And I would make a joke. And I'd be like that guy with pants on, he probably doesn't have um, nice legs because he hides them because the, all men do is come, you know, we make a joke. Like everyone doesn't know everything over here, you know? So come over here and I'll teach you how to get there. And then I would see them over there by themselves. And I'd just, oh, get so excited because it's like, they move past that scaredness of, I don't know how to do this. And they walk over there. They're like, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And now they have the motivation to like go and they're going all over the gym. Now they're like rocking it. And so I always try to break that barrier. Like, what are you scared of with it? And so if you're scared of something, hire someone. And if you, if you do know how to work out, finding motivation, somebody else to go along the journey. I think really accountability, um, is, is key. And if it's, if it's, you don't have someone write it down and be accountable to yourself. But if you have the ability to hire someone to keep you accountable or grab your best friend or the lady down the street, whoever to keep you accountable, that I think that that's the number one thing to get you started is just like, tell someone else that you want to do it. And you're more likely to do it because you don't want to fail someone else or what you told someone else. Awesome. Love that. Um, yeah, loved everything you shared today. Like very, very powerful nuggets and strategies to get started and going and the benefits and the importance of having a fitness coach and a fitness trainer in your method as well as how to get started. And, um, so if someone wants to find out more about you and how to work with you, where can they go? Sorry, this is the the life of being a mom. I was hiding up here and someone just came in. So I apologize to your podcast. Um, So I actually have, so if you go to my Instagram, which is just Liz Hoxing, um, I have a form on there you can fill out. But I also am part of a new movement that's called the Women for Wellness. And that's w4wmovement.com. So I am one of the co-founders of that. And we have a summit next um, month that anyone who wants to know or come learn about different pillars of of wellness, that that would be a really great place because I will be speaking. And then we have someone with like gut health and, and balancing. Oh, what all do we have? You know, I got caught off guard and and started to forget what all we have. Your little one was like cognizant that you're on a podcast and he actually walked out. I'm like, wow, he's like, and he looks really well. He must be like, what, two or three? (laughs) She's actually actually three and um, she she realized that she was not supposed to be in here and then she ran back out. So most girls wouldn't do that. They would just be like, mommy, mommy, mommy. (laughs) Like, oh God. Um, So sorry about that. It happens. 
Yeah. So the, the women for wellness, we have, we have Instagram for that too. But if you want specifically like to work with me, go to the list toxic and I have a form on there and I use anyone across the world um, because I do use an app that can be used by um, long distance. And then I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. So if anyone's in Fort Worth, you know, <laughs> I do train out of my, uh, my garage gym, actually, we returned it in during COVID and said, well, we're not letting this stop us. And we built a whole gym. And I was like, let's open it up to other people. Mm-hmm. So we did. Yeah, I think a lot of people did that, uh, you know, garage gyms, even, you know, they turned it into like, yeah, they had their trainers come over into their garage and they would yep. work out in a garage. I saw like my friend did that. It became like a very popular thing to do and uh, great idea. Like even like, you know, living in the post COVID world, you know, why not have your, your, turn your garage into a gym? It's a great idea. I think we've I think we've turned that into a norm now. I'm seeing a lot more garages turning into home gyms. <laughs> yeah, and I have a little place to keep the kids so that if I don't have someone there, like if my fiance is like working, I can just put them in there and know that they're safe. And and I have a whole, I mean, enough enough to get a whole workout done. I don't have to go to a gym and worry about having them, you know, out and about. Yeah, absolutely. So when they go to your Instagram page, do you have like a link tree where they can click on the different links that you are speaking about so they can go and uh, join your summit? Yeah. And, um, and you mentioned I have your- summit, I have a free. Sorry, you have a free. Oh, sorry. I think it lagged a little. I apologize. That's okay. I have a freebie on there. It's a planner talking about that planning, how it's important. You, there's a downloadable planner right there. Um, and so you can download that right away. And then, um, yeah, I have, uh, the summit on there and then the way to contact me if you're interested in, you know, getting on the the virtual app and working with me where I set up a personalized program. Okay, great. And so what's your Instagram handle? Is it at, it's just, um, litoxing, L-I-Z-H-O-X-E-N-G. Okay. It's not the most normal last name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. And for all the audio listeners out there, uh, it will be posted on the description of the podcast episode. So you can copy and paste it into your browser to go to her Instagram page to click on all of those links that you're interested in in uh, joining. And I would highly recommend to download that freebie that she's offering, that fitness planner. Sounds amazing. So thank you so much, Liz, for joining us and sharing all of your information, your strategies, your personal experience, and gems with the Happy Being Well audience. And Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. And again, this podcast has been sponsored by happybeingwell.com, your place for yoga leggings, organic facial masks, crystals, candles, and natural soaps. All right, Liz, thank you so much. And sending you tons of love and tons of blessings. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being here.